When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, June 13th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. One year ago this week, Kansas City learned it was one of 11 U.S. cities to win a FIFA World Cup 2026 bid, and now the event is less than three years away. We don't know how many games will be played at Arrowhead Stadium. We also don't know if Kansas City will be used as a base camp for a national team, although we have a pretty good idea that it will. We do know that the Kansas City effort now has a board of directors and an executive director. Catherine Holland, who led the local bid process, is transitioning into overseeing Kansas City's readiness for our slice of the world's biggest sporting event. I caught up with Catherine recently and we discussed the World Cup and how the city is preparing. There's much to do from planning transportation to fan festivals and much more. She brings us up to date on the to-do list. It's a huge task, and the clock is ticking. Let's get started with my conversation with Katherine Holland, Executive Director of Kansas City 2026. How is your life going to be different as Executive Director? As opposed to Bid Director? <laughs> um, I mean, now we have to bring this to life, right? Make it happen and deliver against all of the planning verticals that you know are are required from transportation and safety and security and managing volunteer a volunteer database obviously planning and activating FIFA fan fest making sure that we have sort of the customer experience in place so that everybody from again you know the 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 teams and the coaching staffs and the fans and the volunteers and the and just the the sort of Workforce that is going to be required to bring this to life is is well informed and, and feels good about everything. So, it's it's moving from concept to planning and execution. I think at the end of the day. So, do all of those things have an equal part on your desk, or is there an order to which you know you're going to have to tackle some of these issues? I mean, I think that all of them have an equal part. I think the timeline against which you know core planning happens will be different for each one, right? So stadium modifications, which obviously the Chiefs and Arrowhead events will have a pivotal role in from a project management standpoint. Work has already begun on on that. Um, We had to do a lot of due diligence just during the bid process to get FIFA comfortable with the the, the modifications that we need to make to accommodate the, the pitch. So you know, we're a little bit lucky in, in, in that standpoint. I mean, everybody is like, listen, like every stadium has to do something to modify their existing footprint, but that work has, we've been undergoing that effort for a little while. Um, now we have to get, you know, through a more detailed timeline, obviously accommodating the NFL season and and things like that. Transportation, we need to really focus on quickly here. I think, um, you know, I feel really strongly, and I've said this throughout this process, that if we don't 
if we don't get transportation right from the get-go um, and make it smooth and easy for people to utilize, we're, we're contractually obligated to deliver a you know complementary transit system specific to the World Cup. If we don't get that right, then that could you know kind of mar people's entire experience. And it's transportation for everybody, you know, from from fans. Um, attending FanFest or the, the matches out at GEHA Field at Arrowhead, but also transportation for volunteers, right, who need to get to various areas of the city where we'll be activating, you know, spaces. Um, so I think transportation is a big priority for me in these early days, engaging some some external support probably through, you know, some transportation engineering firms who would be able to come together and, you um, sort of look at the entire ecosystem, right? The whole the whole universe that we have to deliver against that will require both, um, you know, a, a private and public collaboration to, to deliver against and also incorporating Amtrak, right? We had have early, we've had early conversations with Amtrak about adding stops along some of their main routes throughout the Midwest. Um, you know, currently, for example, the Missouri River Runner does not stop in Lawrence. Right. Lawrence could be a, 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 a team base camp for possibly, you know, I don't know, a couple of countries that might want to open up some observation opportunities for their fans to come and, and, and engage. So we're talking about adding stop in Lawrence temporarily. And then it's just, it's, it's a transportation's big. It will be a big component. There are some markets for which it will be less of a lift because of more robust existing public transit that they can use. Um, I think for ours, it will be a, it will be a bigger lift, but also has the potential for long-term impact from a legacy standpoint. Right. And isn't, doesn't it kind of say something about Kansas City and you know, where we're located and kind of how spread out we are that, that public transportation has never been a front, not, not much of a front burner issue. I mean, we have, the streetcar's nice. It yeah. took us, you know, there was a 40-year gap between streetcars in Kansas City, and it only goes for two miles now. Right. You know, with, with additional couple coming. Um, it is something that Kansas City has to you know, rise to the occasion for. So do, yeah. you, do you have concepts of what it would look like in three and a half years? And We do. We have very high-level <laughs> concepts, again, that were sort of developed during the bid process because we had to demonstrate to yeah. FIFA that we were thinking through this. Um, and, you know, it's sort of a, it's a multimodal transit system um, whereby if, you know, let's say, for example, a fan arrives from Germany, they land at KCI, there will be a dedicated, you know, potentially, again, this is all concept right now, but a dedicated bus system or, or some, some system that, you know, a, a rap, some sort of transit, transit option that they could get on at the airport and that will hopefully run to potentially different areas of our metro where there might be some hotel clusters I mean, we can't, you know, deliver everybody to the front door of their hotel if they're staying, you know, sort of outside. Um, but again, working with, with these other agencies like Amtrak, you know, hopefully we might be able to. As a reminder, we had to source 55,000 hotel rooms within a two and a half hour radius around the metro. But, you know, they arrive at KCI, they can take a bus into, let's say, FanFest. Or if they are going right out to GEHA Field at Arrowhead to attend a match, they can sort of go directly there. Or they can go to a hotel cluster, um, drop off at a, at a, at a designated, dedicated sort of transit hub that, that then they will allow them to more easily navigate our metro, whether it's through, again, um, you know, rideshare or walking, frankly, or streetcar when they get in into town. So we have presented, we presented to FIFA during the bid process a very high level concept, just to, frankly, to demonstrate them, to them that we understood the far reaching 
sort of needs that we need to deliver against. But we certainly need to refine it and, um, you know, and, and source resources, frankly, from around the region to help support that initiative. Does anything have to be constructed? No, no. And, and FIFA has been very clear um, about that with all of, of the host cities. I think one of the reasons that they embarked upon this larger footprint, larger tournament, um, three country, 16 city hosting structure with the United States, Canada, and Mexico is because unlike past tournaments, there's not really any ground up infrastructure build required by any host city to deliver this event. You know, early on, right after the bid was announced, there was some conversation, frankly, locally about the need or the requirement to expand the streetcar east-west out to Arrowhead. We, we really actually received a call from FIFA saying, hey guys, that was not a part of your bid. That's not a requirement of your bid. And we all need to be very mindful because of FIFA's human rights and sustainability goals of um, sort of attaching these types of infrastructure requirements to the World Cup directly. Certainly, smart infrastructure development should happen, right? But it should be, it should be concepted in order to deliver well beyond the World Cup, right? Like if there's new hotels that pop up, wonderful, but, but um, they need to be looking longer term. We don't need any more hotel rooms. We wouldn't have been given host city duties if we didn't have the baseline assets in place right. to deliver this event. Right. So, so my, my, from my philosophy, my, my, my thought process is, we have a contractual obligation to deliver an event to FIFA. That's one lane. We also have an obligation as a city not to squander this opportunity, right? To think about the legacy and the, and the you know, changes that can happen in and around our metro area that should be happening anyway, but, but maybe might be expedited because we've got this big event coming. But they need to work in, in tandem together and in, in parallel. And I think that's what this board is going to be very good about um, sort of shepherding. You know, we, we have to deliver this event. There, there are things that we have to do. But what else can we be thinking about um, that, that makes sense from a long-term perspective? How often is the board going to... Convene. You know, I think that's a little, that's to be determined. Um, you know, I, I think the cadence will sort of depend on what point in the planning phase we are, probably minimum monthly with the executive committee maybe meeting a little bit more frequently. Um, but again, there's certainly going to be some planning verticals that require more frequent engagement with this board. And I think that's just going to be sort of based on, frankly, what's happening at any given point in time as it relates to the larger project. How about the fan fests? Um, that'll be certainly the most visible thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when when the, when the games aren't being played, what are the early ideas uh, about that? In fact, I you know I remember talking about the possibility of multiple fan fests. Yes, that's still possible. That's still possible. I would say that we are you know we are in the early um, phases of thinking about that. We're certainly reflecting on the NFL draft. There was a lot of learnings that came from using that footprint. Um, that was one of the original locations that we proposed in the bid. The um, sort of second slash alternative location was the south lawn of the Nelson Atkins Museum across Emanuel Cleaver Boulevard down through Tice Park, ending at, at Brush Creek. Um, I, I actually have a call with FIFA next week to gain a little bit more insight. You know, it's, it's difficult to fully concept FanFest without a schedule. 
because we have to understand how you know what the match schedule looks like where we're required to have it open and fully programmed versus you know whether we shut it down and encourage people to sort of experience Kansas City in a different way or we program it with opportunities that are unique and specific to Kansas City. So that's a consideration. The other thing I'm not quite clear on yet is um, the requirements of space that we're going to need to allocate to FIFA's global sponsors. I don't know if they're going to need a footprint in every single host city Mm. or if they're going to, based on their business goals and strategy, kind of cherry pick markets. Um, uh, So there's still a lot of unknowns I think the concept of multiple fan fest is still on the table. Um, I think it's going to depend on a market to market basis. I think you might see some different, you might see each host city taking on a different strategy. Okay. I've heard from a couple that are looking at utilizing multiple locations, others that are focused on one primary location with the idea that, you know, sort of ancillary activations will naturally happen given, given the event. And we'll have to look at our budget and kind of the needs of the community. But I would say, you know, aside from operationalizing the entity and then focusing on building out an organization and a strat plan and transportation, FanFest is probably next on my list of top, you know, three to five things we need to address quickly. What, tell me what the other ones are so I won't guess. I, I don't, we don't, I, those are the only two that we proposed formally. Okay. So, um, that's real. I mean, those are the two that we've focused on. I think we need to think about and again reflect on NFL draft. It was an incredibly successful event, very, very different than what the World Cup is going to be. You know, FanFest conceivably would have to be programmed for a minimum of 37 to 39 days. Minimum, right? Depending on what right. the, this, the tournament right. timeline is. Is that all? A 30, 40 day FanFest? They're I'm looking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we know, obviously, the final will be July 19th, but we don't, they haven't confirmed the first match. Right. And don't even know the date. We don't know the date of the first match. Nope. We, we and officially don't know where any of that's going to be, right? No. We think New York at the end, maybe Mexico City at the beginning, but, we, but maybe. Those are maybe. Maybe. We're hopeful that we'll know this fall. Right. Right. So, uh, but, but, but truthfully, we haven't necessarily formally engaged in dialogue around alternative, you know, fan fest locations other than those, those and, two. And it's... And the timing is such that um, it can't be based on <clears throat> the the uh, being a, a base camp for fans uh, because FanFest has to be planned, I imagine, before you know what countries might be yeah. based here. I think FanFest <clears throat> will be pretty – it'll be – I mean, it's our city's FanFest, yeah. right? Not necessarily right. tied to what teams end up here. I do think that there will be another strategy and another – planning vertical where once we know what those teams are how do we work to um, accommodate them in a different way right but that's also a challenge because as you well know and maybe this is different with a 48 team structure but those team base camp locations will change up until really the when FIFA requires teams to arrive the example being in 2022 Italy had one of the best fan I'm sorry best team base camp locations in Doha they didn't qualify so France ended up moving into their team base camp original team base camp location and then someone else moved into France's so there was a shuffle you know a little bit of a, a shuffle leading into just the start of the tournament right again I don't know how much that will 
that will happen with 48 teams just because you have more qualifying up front. Sure. And the big ones, you know, I mean, like, they, I was certainly surprised when Italy didn't qualify. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but, 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 but our FIFA Fan Fest, Kansas City FIFA Fan Fest, will be sort of agnostic from anything that might happen around team base camps. And we spent a lot of time talking about, uh, you know, Kansas City being the smallest of the metropolitan areas that are hosting. Uh, but is there, is there an, what are the advantages that Kansas City has because of its size that maybe we won't see in other cities? From an activation standpoint, yeah. um, you know, I think you're going to see just more obvious community engagement, right, around this event. I think it's a... It's just a very different opportunity for Kansas City because of our size, because of the collaborative nature, um, because of the regionality. Uh, you know, I, I listen, New York is my home away from home. Love New York. Lived in San Francisco. There is, I think, a little bit of a, yeah, of course we're going to get it here, right? Like, we're of course we're going to be a World Cup host city. I think Kansas City... Is it, it's just different for us. It just means something different. Um, and I just in the year that I've been sort of managing this project from the, the day that I mean, it's almost a year, it's June 16th. It was June 16th of 2022. I, I just have been so, so the pro, the bid process and collaborating on that, that the, the, the host city visit was unbelievable. It was incredibly inspiring the way that people came together and rallied around that. I'm really hopeful that that, and I, I feel like that's continued just the excitement and the, you know, what can we do? How can we be engaged? How can we help? Um, and I'm hopeful that it, that it continues through. I also think, um, you know, we're collaborating really well with the 11, other 11, oh, 10, sorry. U.S. Host, yeah, U.S. host cities. Um, it was funny because during the bid process, we were very much discouraged from communicating with each other, right? Because we're competing against right. each other at the end of the day. But now we are coalescing around sort of obviously shared um, needs for resources from the federal government in the form of, you know, safety and security, right? Like, so we're working very closely to make sure that, so, you know, certainly when the match schedule comes out, hypothetically, LA and New York probably will have more matches. So they might need more, you know, support depending on how the federal government sort of classifies the security protocols around, you know, all of the elements, fan fest, matches, and things like that. Um, but Kansas State very much has a seat at the table um, and is, is being treated on the same level as those big, big cities. So I'm not at all worried about our ability to sort of get our piece of the pie, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, you know, we've got that at this level, but I just think we're going to shine in a different way with the way that we incorporate our culture, you know, again, our regionality, our, our, our local businesses, the pride that Kansas City has, I and mean, there's no there's no other host city that loves themselves more than Kansas City and loves to wear, you know, Kansas City. So I just think people always talk about how much how many international visitors we're going to attract, and that is 100% true. There's no there's not going to be any event that attracts more international Never. visitors. I also think that we are underestimating how many people from the United States are going to travel to Kansas City because they're like, man. What's what's going on in Kansas City? Like, you know, they're they're doing pretty well. Hosted the NFL draft. They're a World Cup city. Like, maybe they Airbnb their house in LA and they come to Kansas City to experience the event because it'll be maybe more accessible. 
and also an excuse to come visit a market that is you know clearly now occupied a space on the global stage that they not, might not have ever had an excuse to come see before so i think you're going to see a you're going to feel the flavor and the and the culture of Kansas City in a in a in a bigger way than maybe some other host cities well, and as your job as executive director, you've got to guarantee that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> well, and one of my, I joked, I suppose I joked with, I think I met with the KC Ad Club this morning, and I, I joked that, like, one of my favorite aspects of this job is I get pitched weekly from global agencies in New York and, you know, London and L.A. and San Francisco who all want to, they want to put together the marketing plan at, for Kansas City. They want to help us. And I love being able to say thanks, but no thanks. We've got an incredible amount of creativity and talent here in Kansas City that we will be tapping into to ensure that, you know, that that we are well, well represented and that we are unique and different and not just lumped into, you know, kind of the, 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 the rest of the host cities. I will, I, you know, we will engage agencies across our, our region right. for sure, but I guarantee that we're going to focus on leveraging our talent here because we have so much and because they there's a vested interest in in elevating Kansas City in a different way again no disrespect to our global agencies they're wonderful but I don't want you approach I don't want you you know sort of having four host cities as a client that you're approaching in the same way I want a I want a bunch of the best local agencies here to be focused on you know Hispanic marketing and you know other sort of international marketing but here so that we're so that our our city is the sole focus of their efforts and their jobs. Have you heard about the, um, the the little groundswell of support in KCK for Croatia? Yes. And uh, you know maybe making the base camp for, yeah. for them. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? It'd be but, amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. And again, I think that that's that is we would absolutely want to engage that community in Strawberry Hill and, and KCK yeah. if if Croatia does choose. And and again, I, I think. FIFA really controls the um, the sort of team base camp selection process. We work with them to to, to, okay. to create the materials, to provide the information. It's it's very much kind of a, a you know a FIFA FIFA controlled um, process. That's not that's not to say that we can't sort of start celebrating, you know, the pockets and the communities that we have in Kansas City in a bigger way to maybe become more top of mind for some of those to some of those countries. I think it would be incredible if Croatia chose. <laughs> And, and again, that we would deeply engage that community to help us figure out, like, what are they going to want? You know, what is that country and that culture? What do we need to do to ingratiate ourselves with them to make them feel really good when they're here in Kansas City? Like, how can we customize some opportunities for them to, to explore and experience Kansas City in a different way? Aside from them coming to support their team. I didn't realize the, the nation. It makes sense, but I didn't realize the nations uh, work through FIFA for for that. Um, yeah, I would think that they would send their own people to scout. No, they will. They will. They so, but it's a very interesting process that I'm still sort of learning about. Um, they basically FIFA will go to market with a with um, you know a, a sort of a team base camp brochure uh-huh. that pairs a hotel with a team base camp, and that becomes their home, right? For I think FIFA may require them to stay at their team base camp through round of 16. Okay. Then they have the option if they would like to relocate, let's say to get closer to where the final match is going to be hosted. I, I feel really good about the fact that we are so centrally located that there's not necessarily a need for them to relocate to get closer. Less than a two-hour two hour flight from right. everywhere. Yeah. Right. Now, if someone chooses, 
and, and also FIFA refers to Kansas City and our region as the mecca for team base camps because of that, right? It's limited travel for them. They can stay in the bubble. Um, you know, if you're choosing, if someone were to choose a team base camp in Seattle and then they progress and the finals end up being in New York, like they'll probably want to get closer to where they are. Um, but so we prep all the, we work with FIFA, we prep all the materials, um, which essentially kind of becomes a pitch, right, for mm-hmm. these countries. They'll identify, they'll start then having, you know, their delegations come and sort of visit and, and check out the team base camps and the cities. But the process is sort of odd. The portal opens up and it's kind of first come, first serve. Mm. And you like, they like rank their, you know, their, their, their base camps. And again, there might be some jockeying and some shuffling. Um, FIFA handles the sort of baseline negotiations on behalf of the countries with the facilities. If a country wants additional enhancements, like let's say they want to, I don't know, they, they need more privacy, they want to build some privacy right. screens or something, then then anything above and beyond the baseline deliverables, that country will negotiate directly with the facility. So it may be that some of those negotiations happen, and I don't know, a facility is hypothetically not able to deliver or they can't come to agreement, then there might be some jockeying for new new right. you know new positions we are in an incredible position as it relates to team team base camp options here in our market really just probably the best options of any host city how much is how much is your life going to be different and i'm sure it has been different um and it'll continue to be yeah different. you're in a you're in a different lane yeah you know i think that um I am 100% going into this project knowing uh, with eyes wide open that this is not a nine to five situation. (laughs) Um, And I could not be more excited about the opportunity to continue, you know, to to lead it. It will be hard. I mean, it's going to be a hard project. There's so many in a good way and in a, a, you know, in in a challenging way because so many people are involved. There's, there's certainly, you know, politics and, 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 and individual business goals and things like that. But I really, I believe that this, this, that this market in our region will, at the end of the day, all come together with the shared desire to create an incredible experience for people when they come and engage with our, our city and surrounding areas. Um, I mean, there's an end date too, right? So yep. maybe one day I'll see I joke, I, I, you know, all in, it'll be a 10 plus year project that I've been working on. Um, so I'll probably take a long nap afterwards, <laughs> but I think I'm under no illusion. This will be, this will be one of the most challenging jobs of my career, but, but also probably the most fulfilling. And I couldn't be more proud of our city and for to have the opportunity to, you know, I've spent, I spent time on both the coasts, on the big cities, and like coming back here and having this opportunity is just, it's a dream. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. The star produces the best digital sports page in America. It's called Morning Sports Edition, and you can access it by typing in liveedition.kansascity.com Locally produced content on the Royals, Chiefs, college sports, soccer, and more, plus national coverage of the NBA, NHL, baseball, the NFL, and much more. Can't beat it. Again, it's liveedition.kansascity.com Thanks for listening. 
Please join us again soon for another edition of Sportsbeat KC.